your entire foundation torn out from under you, everything that you've known about your entire life is gone. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I'm your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 55, and today I am speaking with Heidi. Hi, Heidi. Hi, Lily. Thank you so much for doing this today. Oh, thank you for having me. I don't know if you know this. I'm in Minnesota. I'm in Minneapolis. And you are. I love the cities. Oh. You're Where in Wisconsin are you? I'm in Green Bay. Ah. Uh. Oh, our rival, huh? <laughs> well, hackers, hiking. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I don't actually. At least you're not follow. in Chicago, so sorry, Chicago listeners. <laughs> I'm acting like I know anything about sports. I really don't. But <laughs> okay, um, so I know. Okay, so you were born and raised in Wisconsin. You still live there. Yeah. And I'm also seeing from your email, you and I have something in common. We were both raised to believe that on our paternal side, we had, what is this? A French Canadian heritage, right? Yeah. Yes. I had that too until I found out otherwise. You know, um, I have a family tree from my birth certificate father's side of the family that goes back to the 1400s that is traced back to one man. Well, I guess we all know how that story ends. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that that's so hard when you have this long history and these generations and it's just I I didn't put it together, but I do have it in my possession. So yeah, it was oh. disappointing to find out. Oh completely. <laughs> oh completely. Okay, so let's let's find out a little bit more about your family of origin. Okay. Um Okay, why don't you go ahead and tell us like when you were born and a little bit about your family of origin. Well, I was born in um, 1970. I grew up in a very normal middle-class family. It was dad, mom, me, and I have a brother who is five years younger than me. Uh, my dad had a daughter from his first marriage, so I always knew her to be a half-sister. And she was about 10 years older than me. And then my parents divorced when I was 14. Uh, my dad and I were never particularly close, but when the divorce happened, that was really the beginning of the estrangement. We have no sort of relationship whatsoever right now, um, and we haven't for years. Um, when like my parents, long. oh, uh, well, I'm 50 now. So, um, 35 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my mom had a live-in partner after the divorce and Lily, we, 
literally lived with my dad on Friday night and we lived with this new man on Saturday. There was no transition in this, no getting used to the fact that we were coming from a divorced family. We lived in one house with dad and we lived in a different house with somebody else the next day. Um, that was hard. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was hard. And also being you know, a teenager and it happening during the summer in between junior high and high school. So you're getting ready for a new school. And there were, there was just a lot going on <laughs> back in those days. Um, but to be honest, I, I was a teenager with my head in the clouds. I was, <laughs> I was so la 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 in my own world. Um, I look back and think, oh my goodness, how did I ever make it home during the day? I just, just kind of spacey. Um, but anyway, mom and Neil, my stepdad, they were together uh, for 25 years before they decided to get married. They finally got married in 2010 um, because he was sick. He had cancer. He was not doing very well. And they decided to get finally get married um, after all this time, just so that mom wouldn't um, lose the house. She wouldn't lose any kind of benefits that he had. Um, so they finally decided to get married. He passed away in 2019. And I add him to this story because while things weren't always rainbows and butterflies and wonderful, I talk about him because he was more of a dad to me than my birth certificate father ever was. Um, my stepdad is the reason I can change a tire in heels and a dress if I have to. He is the reason I can use a stud finder and levels to hang pictures straight. You know, he was more of a dad to me in the truest sense of the word than my birth certificate father ever was. And I miss him a lot. So. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. So, um, I had a copy of my hospital birth certificate. And I tell you this because it's important. Um, on my hospital birth certificate, it was it was typed out in the old manual typewriter where the hammer would hit the ribbon in the paper and still leave an imprint on the back of the paper. <clears throat> my last name was spelled wrong on my hospital birth certificate. And you could tell that a letter was erased, but you could still see that imprint on the back. This detail becomes important in a few minutes. <laughs> Uh, I had the opportunity to go to Greece and Italy in 1995, and I needed a copy of my birth certificate, my state official birth certificate, in order to get a passport. And I called the state and gave her my name and information, and she said, hmm, no, don't have anybody by that name. And I said, oh, no. <laughs> and she said, what? 
And I said, try Heidi. And I gave her the spelling that was on my hospital birth certificate. And she said, oh, sure, there you are. Gave me my parents' names, my birth date, my name, where I was born. I said, oh, no. (laughs) She said, what? I said, that's not my name. (laughs) that's, That's not my name. It's spelled wrong. So it had always been spelled wrong with the state, but I never knew it. I always had a driver's license and a social with the correct spelling of my name. So, yeah, needless to say, she couldn't give me a copy of the birth certificate because I didn't have an ID with that name on it. And I couldn't get an ID with that name on it without a copy of the proper birth certificate. So. I called my mom and I said, did you know about this? And she said, well, let me call the hospital where you were born and see if they have the admission records from when I was admitted to have you. And they found the records on the microfilm and they made copies and we went and picked those up. Lily, there were 13 blatant errors on my mom's hospital admission records that could not just be chalked up to a typo. Their their middle initials were wrong. Their last name was spelled wrong. Their birth dates were wrong. Their occupations were wrong. I don't remember if I said their address. Um, But the kicker there, Lily, was that my dad signed it with the wrong middle initial, and the wrong last name. If you lined my dad up with 900 other men and had them all sign my dad's name, I'd be able to pick out his writing because it's so distinctive. I would be able to pick it out. And... When I confronted him about it, he said, that's not my signature. I didn't sign that. And, well, what do you say to that? It's his writing. And he just flat out denied it, that he did not sign that document, which was clearly his own handwriting. So that led me down a road of finally figuring out that I needed to go to court to change my name. I had to publish it in papers. I had to go to court and present a case why I should change my last name. And the the, uh, uh, judge said, well, that is really interesting. Of course you can change your name. So he granted it, but I had to go through the state and get an updated birth certificate. I had to get all of my bank stuff needed to be updated. All my creditors needed to be updated. Um, And it cost a lot of money (laughs) to do that. And still absolute denial out of my mom and my dad. Nope, nope, nope. No idea what happened there. Now, I have a theory. I had a theory, I should say. I had a theory at the time. My dad was the administrator of a hospital, 
And my mom worked in that same hospital. But I was born in an entirely different hospital. And my theory was that he did that. He changed the names. He changed the occupations so that he didn't have to explain to the nuns and the board of directors why his child wasn't born in his hospital. And my mom had to give dinner parties for those doctors. And this was far before HIPAA was a thing, far before privacy laws were what they are today. And my mom wanted some privacy, so she chose a doctor in another town. And I think that was the story that I told myself. Um, and that we'll get to in a minute, too. <laughs> so anyway, I went to court, um, got it all fixed, got it all changed. <clears throat> a couple of years after that, I had a cousin who came back to town and we went to dinner and this whole thing of my birth certificate and everything came up and she made an offhand comment like, well, it's not your fault. You're an illegitimate child. What? And I said, I said, what? And she backtracked. No, no. I mean, I was, no, I, I didn't mean you. I was thinking of someone else. No, no, I didn't mean you. Well, how do you come back from that? You can't. And she is maybe 10 to 12 years older than me. So maybe she knew something. Again, a red flag that at the time didn't make sense. But looking back, maybe it does. So I asked my mom about it. I said, why would she say something like that? And my mom said, I'll take care of it. And whatever the conversation was between the two of them, I don't know what was said. I don't know to this day what was said. Um, but it was just a very odd thing to say. So now fast forward to... 2019, Amazon Prime Day, and there's a 23andMe kit for sale. And Lily, to this day, I cannot tell you what made me buy that kit. I do not believe that there was a conscious decision that I made that said, let's determine this paternity once and for all. I don't think that was even on the radar. I think that I was really much more interested in the heritage part. Let's just see how French, Canadian, Belgian, Swedish, and Polish I really am. <clears throat> and uh, that kit sat on the counter for six months. I would look at it and I'd say, oh, I should really send that in. And then I'd move it. And then I'd move it. And then I'd move it. I should really send that in. Oh, I should really send that in. Finally, in January of this year, I said, oh, I should get this thing out of the house. Just send it in. New year, exciting things happening, right? <laughs> All pre-lockdown and everything. So I sent the kit off. On February 6th, I came out of a department meeting, sat down at my desk, and I happened to click open the 23andMe app. I don't know why. I didn't get any notifications that there was any type of result out there. I just happened to open it up. And it said, you're 16% British and Irish. And I said, 
no, I'm not. And it said 16% British and Irish. And I closed the app and I thought, well, maybe that's just an example of here's what your test is going to look like when the results come in. I deleted the app and re, uh, re-downloaded it. And uh, it said, you're 16% British and Irish. And finally, I said, what on earth is going on? So I started to look at it a little bit closer. And there was no French, Canadian, and Belgian whatsoever in my heritage. And I could not figure out why. It never even occurred to me why at that point. I was just so shocked at seeing British and Irish. But the Swedish and Polish came through loud and clear. I could see my mom's side of the family. I could see cousins of hers that I'd matched with. But the 23andMe algorithm also showed a portion of my mom's mom's side of the family. So my maternal grandmother, just a small part of her tree on my paternal side. So it made it look as if one of my mom's uncles was my father. So how do I confront my mom about that? That I sat on that information for four days before I finally asked her about it. And she said, absolutely not. That is absolutely not the case. And I believed her from how adamant she was that one of her uncles was not my father. And as it turns out, a couple of weeks later, 23andMe figured out their algorithm and moved them back to the proper place on the maternal side of the tree. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what happened. Something they figured out on their end. But having said all that, there were no names that I recognized on the paternal side. There are no names that my mom recognized. And I thought maybe they were grandchildren of my cousins on my dad's side of the family that I didn't know. But my mom was no help at all um, in figuring out what the story was. So I decided to do an ancestry test because it's a dedicated genealogy site. And I thought maybe it might be a greater database of people that I sent in beginning of March. And on March 26th of this year, I had a notice that I had three close matches. And they were two uncles and a first cousin. And these were names that I'd never seen before, ever. Fortunately, they were easily trackable names. And by putting all three names into Google, I was able to come up with two obituaries where all of their names appeared. So the people that would turn out to be my biological grandparents. Um, And they had four sons. Brother number one, who was the oldest, was the father of the first cousin that I matched with. Brother number two had three children that I could see by the obituaries. Um, Two daughters and a son. Brother number three and four were the names of the matches on 
uh, ancestry. So by process of elimination, it looks to me like brother number two is my father. And I have no idea who these people are at all. So I asked my mom and she said, no, I've never heard that name before. Ever. I showed her a picture. No, I have never seen that man before in my life. It has to be a mistake. Well, I asked every question possible. Did you get in the back seat of a car with a cute boy? I mean, who among us hasn't done that? Did you have too much to drink one night? Nope, nope, nope. Just flat out denial of any knowledge of this man whatsoever. So, on April 9th, I got another message from Ancestry saying that I had another close match, and it happened to be the older of the two daughters of brother number two. And I recognized the name right away, and I thought, Oh, this woman is about to find out that it's possible that her father cheated on her mother very shortly after she was born. And I'm about to upend this woman's life by appearing in her life as a new sibling. And um, she messaged me first. And we exchanged messages about why we were doing the testing. She said she was looking for more information about her mom's side of the family. And I said that I was looking for some heritage information for myself. And then she responded with another email that said um, that growing up, her dad was um, somewhat unfaithful to her mother. And she was also in it to see the possibility that there may be other half-siblings out there. Mm. And I showed up unexpected. And when I, I said I was on that side of the message thinking, oh, this woman's world is about to be upended. I did not know that she was on the other side of that message saying this woman's world is about to fall apart because she's about to find out that her father isn't her father and that my father is her father. So we were both kind of more worried about how to break it to the other person. And it turns out, um, well, we, we agreed to FaceTime and text and everything. And she has been wonderful. She has been so wonderful and so accepting of me. And we talk and um, FaceTime and text. And I'm so grateful for how she has so readily accepted me. Um, And then it turns out um, she had also done a 23andMe. A couple weeks later, that 23andMe, she showed up immediately as a half-sister with no question. So that was all the confirmation either one of us needed. Um, That we were half-sisters, that this man is my biological father. Now, I was telling the brother that I was raised with all of this, and he said to me, 
Well, you know, about 15, 20 years ago, dad pulled me aside and he told me that he'd always thought that you weren't his. (laughs) So between having to find all this out for myself, finding out the truth on my own and still being met with straight up denial and secrets. Um, That's been really, really hard for me. And that has been a huge source of anger for me. Um, My mom completely denies any knowledge of this man to this day, even though I found a picture of my biological father from one of his yearbooks. I found it on Ancestry. He was probably about 16 or 17. I compared it to a picture of myself at the same age. And I said, finally, I look like somebody. <laughs> I look just like he did when we were about the same age. I look just like him. Again, mom, straight out denial. If my aunts or my grandma know anything, nobody's talking which is fine. Maybe they're protecting her. I sent an email to my biological father, but there was no response to it. Um, I've spoken to an uncle and his wife, um, brother number three, um, and he's been wonderful as well. He gave me a medical history. He told me stories about my biological father um, growing up, he told me stories about my biological grandparents. And um, it sounds like it's possible that I might be a bit like my biological grandmother. They said, even though she's she's gone now, but she, um, his wife said, I can still see her speeding around town in her Cadillac. He said, well, that sounds like it might be me someday. <laughs> And that sounds about right. But I know every NPE story kind of unfolds differently. The underlying emotions and the anger and the feeling of having your entire foundation torn out from under you, everything that you've known about your entire life is gone. That was a rough road for me. Um, I decided that I needed to get some counseling and I did that. Um, I didn't find anybody that really understood exactly what I was going through, but just the process of talking it out a few times helped immensely. Um, I went away by myself, uh, in July, I rented a condo on the shore of Lake Michigan. And I said to myself, I'm going to sit and stare at the water until I can see Michigan. Now it's physically impossible from where I was (laughs) across the entire lake, but that's, that was my intent to have the thousand mile stare until I could see Michigan and just be by myself and process through this stuff. And I decided then that I missed my mom and I didn't want to be mad at her anymore. 
I didn't want to be mad at her for something that she says she doesn't remember. If she does, that's her cross to bear, for lack of a better phrase. That's that's hers to work out. Um, and I've I decided that I offer people a lot more grace for a lot less. <laughs> so why can't I do that to my mom and for my mom? So um, things are better. Um, they're like they were before, but they're much, much, much better than they were. But then things like the, the NPE group on Facebook and your podcast have been so helpful. It's just so helpful to know that I'm not alone in this and that other people understand. Um, I have awesome friends. I have incredible aunts, but they're not equipped to deal with the emotions that, um, that I feel or, you know, the, the psychological effects of what we go through. They're just not equipped to deal with it. Um, so I try not to say too much about it anymore. It's kind of why I'm recording the podcast so I can, I can get the story out there. If anybody has questions, I don't have to go through it any more than, than I have to. Um, I, it, it's so it's so helpful to know that there are other people going through this because it is a very lonely feeling when you're going through it at first. It is very isolating mm -hmm. until you find other people start sharing their stories and then mm -hmm. you can say, oh, yes, I know that feeling. And people don't understand unless they're going through it themselves. Um, people yeah. can, can be empathetic. They can say, oh, yeah, that's, wow, that, that's a bummer. <laughs> you know, probably not be that, that flippant about it, but um, I've, I've seen stories where you know, a husband or a wife or a, a, a child says, oh, are you still on that? Oh, gosh, let it go. You're here. You know, does it really matter? It does. It does matter. It does. <laughs> and just to know that there are other people going through this. Oh, completely. I mean, other NPEs or MPEs, we you know, we understand it. And, and, and just like what you said, just to reiterate what you just said, although we can have some friends and family that try to be empathetic and that's wonderful until you've experienced mm -hmm. all of this. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, and I, can I just say, I have a, like a double respect for you because <laughs> I, you said March, 2020 is when you found this out and March, 2020 was like the worst month for mm -hmm. everyone in the world. Oh, it was. And, it was. I, you know, I, I had never worked from home before, so I was trying to figure out the tech and the isolation of working from home before, and then to find this out, and then, oh, twenty twenty oh. has not been a great year for nearly anybody. No, <laughs> it's been a great year for you, listener. We're happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, oh my gosh! So you're what seven, eight months into this? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I, if I could go back and add, when I spoke to my uncle and his wife, um, they told me that my biological father had had a stroke um, a, a couple years back. And while he, 
um, he's functional. Um, it's probably likely that I will never receive a, a response from him, which I think I've also made my peace with that. Um, I have my half sister, hopefully eventually my half brother, um, they were raised together. And then he has that other daughter from another woman. So there's, as far as we know at this point, four kids from three women as half siblings. So, um, it's, I'm okay. If I don't ever get to meet him, I would really love to get to meet my half sister someday because she is, she's really cool. I like her a lot. I love how you guys are both so considerate of each other's feelings. (laughs) Oh, oh, Lily, let me tell you, her mom asks about me. My my half-sister will will say, oh, mom asked about you and just wants to know how you're doing and how you're handling all this. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, (laughs) he he cheated on you. (laughs) You want to know how I'm doing? Oh, that is grace (laughs) and forgiveness. Did they stay together? No, no. They divorced when um, my half-brother was probably 18 or 19 and had just gone off to college. Okay. The main dish and a couple appetizers before it. (laughs) You aren't kidding. The red flags that, looking back now, I think I see as red flags. But at the time when you're in it, I, I didn't. I didn't know what to make of it at the time, but now looking back, I see that maybe there were hints all along. The finding of the birth certificate with 13 errors oh. was just so, con- <laughs> mm-hmm. so confusing. Mm-hmm. It, as, as it turns out, um, <laughs> remember I, I, I thought that the story I told myself was that he didn't want to have to explain to the nuns and the board of directors why his wife had his kid at another hospital. It turns out that he was married to someone else at the time. And that was, oh. yeah, uh, yeah. He was married to my older half sister who I thought was my half sister, her mother at the time. And my oh my mom my mom and birth certificate father didn't get married until 1973. <laughs> Turns out, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. And, and wow. I'm I'm sorry I didn't add that in. Um, my uh, that was back in the day also when they would publish births in the paper, yeah. so nobody would question those names in that city <laughs> with that last name yes where as if somebody in you know with the correct spelling would say wait a minute yes those were deliberate wait a oh it was definitely deliberate there was no way that the clerk was distracted and typed a J instead of an L or something, or looked at the wrong paper because their, their occupations were wrong. The address was wrong. And and the fact that he's, he signed it with the wrong name. It's, it, it wasn't, 
it, it was deliberate. And Heidi, if people want to hear more about your story or get in touch with you, how could they do that? I have an email address. It is NPE underscore Heidi, and that's H-E-I-D-I at Outlook.com. And I will put those in the show notes. And Heidi, thank you so much for sharing your story with all its twists and turns. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for doing this podcast, Lily. I, I really don't think you know how helpful it is. So thank you. Oh, absolutely. I hope that um, you have wonderful connections with your <laughs> other new half siblings or whatever the case may, may turn out with that, thank but keep you. in touch with me and let me know how that goes. I okay? will. I will. Thank you so much. Thanks again to Heidi for sharing today. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE that would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.